Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Katie Kirby. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, I live in Chicago and it's been like sunny and 60 degrees here the past couple days, which is just like amazing. (laughs) Yeah, wait, no way. I'm actually like very incidentally in Wheaton, Illinois. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like hanging out with my siblings. My brother is like literally just tossing a baseball back and forth with his roommate in the sunshine. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) It's really pure. Yeah, this is that beautiful like first few days that really feel like spring and summer like the promise of summer and it's obviously with the pandemic a lot sweeter this year to feel that because I've been trapped inside um, in my apartment staring at the same four walls so really nice nice to (laughs) be able to go walk around and enjoy yeah for sure Mm-hmm. I like always forget that seasonal depression is a very real thing. Like as soon as I get out and the sun mm. touches my skin, I'm like, oh yeah, like, this is important. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but we're here to talk about some bad songs. You've brought some tracks for us to listen to. I'm excited to hear them. Maybe you're not so excited to listen back to them. I don't know. I'm not, to be honest, <laughs> but it will probably be good for me. <laughs> uh, when did you first start writing songs? The f- uh, the first time I s- tried to write a song was maybe like five or six, apparently. I used mm-hmm. to think that it, like I didn't write a song until I was 16. And that's true, but that mostly I didn't write a song that I wanted to show anybody until I was 16. But before that, like I found like some real, real old recordings I'd forgotten about um, where I'm like a very little kid. Uh, so a long legacy of bad songs, I would suppose. (laughs) Uh, And what was your first instrument? It was piano. Did you take lessons? Yeah, I was, I took lessons on piano from like four to ten ish. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I convinced my parents to let me switch to guitar. My dad had this weird thing where he was like, no, everyone's going to take 10 years of piano before they switch to another instrument, which is insane that's a lot of years of piano didn't happen yeah it's a lot of it's like not that i get that it's a foundational instrument but like jesus anyway so that didn't actually happen um but i i did take a lot of piano and then i switched to guitar when i was like 10 and it was awesome and i learned blackbird (laughs) of course (laughs) which is great yeah yeah do you remember why you wanted to switch to guitar i don't know i think like because you can hit it more maybe yeah probably I had like a lot of just like untapped anger and I was like maybe if maybe an instrument that requires more like physical activity will feel better I don't know and then when you started writing your first songs that you were showing people were you like playing shows out were you recording stuff were you playing with other people I guess when I was 15 I started playing bass in a band called Little Emily Warfield which is the weirdest fucking name (laughs) But I, like, played bass with, like, these two people who were, like, in their early 20s, and I felt very cool. And so I did wind up, like, going to a few little venues, and, like, we played, like, an unofficial South by Southwest thing, and it was, like, Mm -hmm. the coolest thing that had ever happened to me. Um, But I stopped playing with that band after a while because I felt like I might want to start doing things on my own. And so I did, I think I probably, I don't know, I probably did coffee shops and stuff. I have a memory of, like, playing this one place near my parents house called angel's ice house 
which is like sort of a family-friendly biker bar is the only way I can describe it. Um, <laughs> Sounds great. But like I didn't really have like a high school band experience in in like a collaborative sense. There are people who come on the podcast to talk about like being in high school bands for a really long time. That wasn't my experience either. Mm-hmm. It was much more like the coffee shop playing by myself kind of thing because there just wasn't, I don't feel like there were the people that were interested in doing that in my high school or like there weren't enough of them mm-hmm. who were also interested in the music I was interested in to like form any sort of band totally so. well and before you can like drive it's yeah, just yeah, that imp- makes it really difficult it's impossible well and also like I I guess I, like there were a, a couple of people who I knew in high school who I like just sort of collaborated on a record with recently that I've known for like a decade and it occurs to me that we probably could have started a band back then, but we were all, we lived like an hour away from each other too. So rural Texas. Yeah. I grew up in like Northern Wisconsin in a really small town. So it's like, you yeah. know, I was like on a dead end street, like a 15 minute drive from like town. So it's like, right. I wasn't, <laughs> I, there was no practice space to go to and there was no easy way of, of getting around. So totally. It makes it a little more difficult. Well, let's get into it. Let's uh, listen to some of these tracks that you brought. Which sure. is the first one that you want to listen to? Oh, God. Ooh, let's do Come Back to Nashville, I guess. Is there anything you want to say about it before we get into it? I actually am just realizing now that I wrote these two songs sort of about the same person <laughs> who I had a crush on at the time <laughs> in like freshman year of college. Woof. So cool. <laughs> Last night you went and bought some cigarettes And I know that she hates it when you smoke I don't know why you're breathing in my friend But you've got to breathe it out before you choke I wish come back tonight Do you remember how you recorded this? I do. I actually, so... I wish you'd say it with that look you get when she Are there hums? By. I don't always feel like this it's I was I at my best friend in high school's house and I think I recorded vocals like in his closet that has just like mm-hmm. a bunch of like when 70s shit in it um, and then I think he's playing banjo I, the the like thing that makes me cringe the most is like where are the consonants? <laughs> where where yeah. did they go? I wish come back to Nashville meant that I was on your mind. I wish you'd say it with that look you get when she walks by. I don't always feel like this. It's just sometimes I think that I wish you'd say come back to Nashville, but mean come back to me. 
consonant eating disappearance thing was it's like such a stylistic thing though for like a lot of oh yeah you know I, de- I, I definitely know that there were points where I was like trying to emulate that even though I didn't want to <laughs> I don't remember singing like that but like where did we get that you know what I mean like who's responsible I'm actually not sure who, who started it why did we all decide that was the thing that you had to do like is it Florence Welch maybe is it just I don't know Birdie is it Bon Iver <laughs> is it I this feels like Gregory well, Bon Iver feels like one of the people for sure yeah of like where are the consonants or just where's the um, articulation generally right and where is any enunciation at all yeah no totally I, I I think about that sort of often though is is like where how why why did we all sing like that it's like weirdly hard trace i think i don't know with some of those things and some of these like vocal styling like trends that happen um like the pop punk stuff too you know Mm -hmm. like everybody's singing like blink 182 and and yellow card and green day and things like that it seems like a lot of it like rises up at the at the same time and then everybody's trying to do it because it's the cool thing to do but i don't know i feel like it's a phase you have to go through like imitating people that you're hearing and you're trying different things out it certainly doesn't work for me. I don't know. I feel like maybe a part of it too was like, for me, it was like maybe a vocal rebellion against like the choir stuff. I did a lot of choir stuff. And so it was always mm. the very intense hitting of the consonants, you know, all totally. together. So that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> I think the first time that I got like really self-conscious about the like eating of the vowels and the like indie, indie girl voice of 2014 was mm-hmm. bizarrely like the coolest philosophy professor in the philosophy department because like there's always one right that's like the coolest right um for some reason like went off about like indie girls all singing the same way (laughs) which i don't know where he was exposed to that and it's like kind of weird that as a 50 ish year old man he had an opinion on it but he was right and i was like oh my god i have to stop singing like this so anyway shout out to mark anderson for roasting an entire yeah subculture you really did learn something in college i really did (laughs) wow all right you have one more track to listen to here we sure do So the the three of these were actually, or this was part of an EP that was like three songs. There's another one, but it's not as long or interesting. Um, that I recorded like with that that high school best friend um, while I was home for a summer from after freshman year of college, I think. Um, which is like I think this is the first thing I ever recorded um like not on my phone or something mm-hmm. i'm afraid i might have given up i, I might 
might have just broken up with my first boyfriend. I'm afraid I'm running also. Oh, poor sweet I'm Kathy. And <laughs> you're more than I deserve. Every time I count my blessings, I count you first. There's like more consonants in this one, I feel like. I'm cringing less. <laughs> That's good. This is sweet. These are, these are very sweet songs. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Every time I count my blessings, I count you. This cold and misty world would you be my little light just for atmosphere i don't need it to see but i know so you, you release can promise me your whole heart if you're honest dear but 50 uh i think i put them up on bandcamp gotcha. and then for some reason I don't know. I like read some fucking Woody Guthrie co- quote or something about like music being free. So I like put it under Creative Commons because I was like, I'm not gonna make money off of this anyway. So it wound yeah. up. This song especially wound up on a bunch of like weird lists of like create like free to use music. Right. And so I've gotten like a handful of people reaching out and being like, I used this song over my wedding video. <laughs> Because oh it's gosh. like free to use, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I mean, that's it's like a little sad, but I get it. Like you don't have to pay for it, uh, yeah. Which is like really cute. But also, yeah. one of them was like, it was really, it, it was still really darling. But it was like this couple in the UK, and it was like mm-hmm. a pirate themed <gasps> wedding, kind of. Oh, sorry, that's my little dog. <laughs> it was like a piratey Renaissance themed wedding, and like there were a lot of motorcycles around, and like everyone's vaping a lot in the video but it's this like really sweet little song so that's so weird yeah i so anyway that that whole ep like took on like a weird life outside of me and like literally i can't get it to and like that's why it still exists like i've taken old stuff off of the internet but like i can't right. get rid of that one because it's just everywhere because it's in people's wedding videos it's in people's <laughs> wedding videos and so i was like oh this is still here cool 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 yeah that's so funny yeah i guess not you're not like thinking that it's actually going to be like used so much Mm -mm. the pirate theme thing i can't get over it's just that song is doesn't have a pirate vibe i don't know it sure (laughs) doesn't um how would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years if at all i don't know if this is like better or worse but i i'm probably a much less like intuitive songwriter uh than I was when I was first starting out like I I mostly remember like the way that I wrote songs was I had a notebook and I would just write down combinations of words or sentences that sounded like lyrics to me and then I would like literally just go back and like grab a handful of those sort of and then that would become a particular song like so it, it feels like I was relying on my subconscious a lot more while I was mm-hmm. writing back then, which is kind of weird because, like, the narrative is roughly, there's, like, they're not, like, they don't sound like super subconscious songs to me. Like, they have, like, maybe too much narrative or something. But, yeah, so I, I guess as I've gotten older, I've probably just gotten more comfortable with 
songs I write having a little less structure and like learning that that can be okay. And also at the same time, sort of like slowly getting brave enough to decide that I want to write a song about something rather than just letting it come to me. I don't know though. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I try not to think too much about like what my process is like for fear that I'll get in my head about it. But yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think about it a lot because I do this podcast and I talk to people about <laughs> it a lot. But like, I think not getting in your head about it is pretty important or not feeling like, okay, like this is my process. This is how mm-hmm. it goes. And then feeling stuck inside of that, you know, like. Right. In my past, at least, certainly, too, I felt like, oh, I have to wait for inspiration to strike. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people who feel like that or felt like that in the past but like that's just like not reliable (laughs) and you know you gotta you also have to like give yourself the space to let inspiration strike and you need to like schedule Mm -hmm. yourself time to like sit down with an instrument and like try things out and see what happens and so I think the older I've gotten to the more I've been like well I don't have to like feel tied to a particular process and like however a song happens is fine and like that's part of the fun of it is that it can happen in different ways and you can experiment yeah totally well do you find can I ask you a question do you find um do you find yourself writing like as an like do you find yourself writing as an emotional outlet like is that does that make sense so I I feel like a lot of uh a lot of people are able or have have taught themselves to like process what they're feeling by writing a song um Mm -hmm. and usually I can't write a song until I've digested something pretty thoroughly so like it, the songwriting isn't necessarily something I turn to when I'm like in crisis or I need to figure something mm-hmm. out um although maybe I should that might be helpful um do you find yourself like using the act of writing a song to like digest stuff that's happening to you or not nah? sometimes I think I used to do it a lot more when I was younger Mm -hmm. and when I didn't have the ability to like process emotion or like work on something totally as much you know like like pre pre me going to therapy pre me Mm -hmm. like you know becoming more emotionally mature I think I really relied on like songwriting to help me through that now I definitely do it sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like some of those are songs that I write that I don't ever show to anybody you know it's like maybe I sit down and it's midnight and I'm feeling sad and I'll like write something or do something but it's not really a fully formed thing and it doesn't ever become anything it's just like for me to do like sometimes I'll still sit down and maybe like write a song that's coming from like an emotional like processing place but a a lot more now I don't that's not how I write a full song. I'll like write pieces of things. I'll write mm-hmm. things in my notes app. I'll, you know, like record 30 seconds of like a chorus piece in my voice memos and like save it for later or whatever. And I piece things together more and it's more of like a conscious, like deliberate process. Um, so it's like, I feel like the emotions are still coming from real places, but I, I'm doing a lot more like actual processing of things in, in my real right. life. So. I think the more I've matured and the more I've like become able to do that, like the less I've needed to only do that with my songs, which is good, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I surely. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And, and I don't know about you, but, um, I, I especially relate to the part where you were like, I just like write down little notes and stuff like, or the whatever at midnight, 
not turning mm-hmm. really into a song. It, it always feels like when I am really, like, really distressed or just sad, I don't try to write songs while I'm there anymore because they're always, like, bad in, like, a kind of jerk-off-y way for yes, lack of a yeah. better whatever. But I do, I have found it helpful to, like, just sort of, like, take field notes of how fucking sad I am or whatever at the moment <laughs> so that I can refer to them later. Um, yeah. In a song way, I guess, and also just in a, in a like, n- not allowing myself to, like, repress something way, way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think sometimes with, like, those really in-my-feelings things that I'm writing, I feel like a lot of times like the lyrics for those if I'm like writing something and the lyrics are just coming out of me they're not like good you know they're very they are really jerk off or whatever so even mm-hmm. if it's like maybe I've recorded that whatever and I can use the melody maybe I like the melody and I yeah. use that later it's like not with the same lyrics you know totally <laughs> like it's I definitely like work on it and th- I think when I was young I just would write the whole thing. It would have the really sappy jerk off lyrics right. and that would be it. And, you know, I wouldn't really like spend that much time workshopping it. I would write it and I'd be well, like, that's the song. Here it is. Don't need to do anything else to it. Totally. Uh, and you're like, well, it's good because it's raw. And exactly. it's like, mm, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't have to be that raw, perhaps. Right. right. <laughs> Maybe Absolutely. a little too raw. The, the person, tell me if, so I have a theory about Adrian Linker as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. If you're from, are you familiar with her? Oh my stuff gosh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I kind of figured. I love Adrian Linker stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, my mom just decided that she likes Big Thief and like told me about it the other day. I don't, the, which I, <laughs> and you were like, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> she like doesn't know bands at all. From that's her, impressive. She can name, like, Shaka Khan and, like, the Eagles. But for some reason, she's, like, <laughs> down with Big Thief now. That's impressive. Yeah, it is super weird. Uh, oh, my theory, like, Adrian Linker, because she's writing at, like, such, like, she writes so many songs all the I, time. It's, it's incredible. It's I don't insane. know how she does it. Well, and they are, like, pretty, they can be pretty raw. So my mm-hmm. theory, but, like, not in a sloppy way necessarily or even if it is like a little bit sloppy it's like very um like she earns it really well with the rest of her song or the rest of her work or whatever my theory is like she she must be just like the person who does write songs for catharsis but just like the most powerful form of that right because like it almost feels like the only way someone could write that many songs that were that raw is if like just the way that you learn to process emotion at least partially was by just writing songs and like if that's like a really important feature of your like emotional digestion yeah anyway I don't know if that's that that may not be like the best theory but Uh, it's a good theory I mean I you know I read whatever piece it was about the the last two albums that she put out and basically Mm -hmm. I mean she was saying that like they were recording and she was basically writing the songs while they were recording you know so it really does seem Mm -hmm. like it's coming from a place of just I mean that was like a those were like breakup albums basically right totally so it seems like she was just like creating them I feel like she has like something you know that just lets her do that in this way that's really like powerful and 
you know, beautiful and really good, like really well-crafted songs that somehow totally. like, are coming out of her like whole cloth. It's like unreal. It's just, or it's just like the, the process, the process by which people like would feel something and then explore that and digest it and then maybe like write a song about it and then be like no and then write a better song about it that like has a little bit less like rawness in it is like Mm -hmm. collapsed into like one step for her she's like managed to like compact all of those um different phases into just like a single nucleus of creative energy inside her brain (laughs) and so she can just access that and like boom anyway wild yeah it's it's incredible i don't understand it but i love it love i love listening to it so yeah i'm I'm not gonna complain (laughs) well what's what's some stuff you've been listening to lately that you've been enjoying other than adrian lenker i have been you know also in the adrian lenker uh cinematic universe is uh (laughs) buck meek obviously um i really love his most recent album and like the lyrics on it, it, this always happens when I'm listening to his stuff is like the lyrics are like really just sort of like tasty in like a line by line way or like a just like lyric to lyric way but like on like a fifth or sixth or twelfth listen it's like those those pictures where like it's just like a pattern and then you like squint at it and then there's like a whole shape there it feels like that where it's like at first it just it, I'm just engaging with it as this like really pleasing uh collage of of words and and sounds and then i'll like pay just a little bit more attention and some like very weirdly shaped narrative will like pop out at me and it's so cool Mm -hmm. how he does that um i got a lot more into like jeff tweedy as a writer than i have ever before um this past summer and he's doesn't seem like he's as interested in narrative. Tell me if this makes sense to you. So I was talking with a friend recently, and we were talking about um, LCD sound system, and then mm-hmm. we start sort of started talking about like lyricists and um, songwriters, for lack of any mm-hmm. better like um, way of splitting it up. As in, like lyricists seem like people who are just like a little bit more interested in like just like sort of throwing like a bunch of really really good lines at you like sort of like moment by moment and then uh people who are a little more like songwritery whatever tend to sort of like have an eye towards the whole thing and like mm-hmm. all like people can be both obviously and i have just like personal favorites in each category um but does that like does that divide make sense or am i just like projecting there what do you think no, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think that there, I definitely think there are people who focus more on like the sound and shape of the words mm-hmm. and like sort of the wordplay or like the way that it goes along with the melody. And then there's people who are like more crafting like a story or a narrative. Right. Like I, I, I definitely see that. Yeah. Ugh, I love LCD sound system. <laughs> Me too. Well, that's kind of why we started talking about it is because I hadn't like ever sat down and listened to LCD sound system, like not drunk at a party. Um, <laughs> right. So I was like, wait, he's really good at writing songs. Oh my God. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else I've been listening to. I've been listening to a lot of pop music recently. Not going to lie. 
like pop pop music oh and the uh the most recent lamelda album which is called yeah. hannah i believe yeah so good that's fucking crazy what have you been listening to lately i've been listening to a lot of joni mitchell mm-hmm. like three separate people have t- asked if i would cover like different joni mitchell songs so i was like all right well i should start listening maybe okay. for the next Bandcamp day i'll put out some covers so yeah a lot of a lot of joni mitchell the pom-poms i really like um the song watch me by them i've been listening to your album it's very good rock on i've <laughs> been listening to um the song restart by carlisle i've been i've been listening to some poppier stuff too i've been trying to like dance more in my life nice yeah (laughs) so especially like being stuck inside and not being able to like go out and dance other places so i've been listening to you know ariana grande stuff like that oh amazing yeah i did uh (laughs) i was hanging out with my sister yesterday and she was like hyping herself up to have like kind of a tricky conversation with somebody and she pulled up uh do you remember that song cheerleader that was like a pop hit but it's like it's it was sort of like at the height of the like tropical pop like beat thing i don't think i do it's i'll send it to you anyway it's please do there's like some sleeper uh hits also i rediscovered crush by david archuleta which is like <gasps> oh a my not gosh. it's <laughs> wait, so, so good it's such a good song it really wait i don't feel like i've ever met anybody else who's been i was i listened to that on repeat yeah like literally i've been listening to it on repeat this whole week because i just like i queued it up like again i was hanging out with my sister like as a joke i was like you know what we need to listen to right now and i pulled that up and i was like wait this is an amazing song also it is have you ever noticed the part like right as the chorus comes in someone like uh someone on a little electric guitar is just like dry like uh, str- I don't know what it's called, but they they like dry strum on the strings like a ton, where it's like like you know what I, mean? I don't know what the I know word I know what you're talking is. about I know what you're talking about I'll, I I'm gonna have to listen back now wait I'm so excited about it's this. so funny it's like you could you literally just picture someone like like <laughs> wailing on like a strat before the chorus comes in and like the actual electric guitar is like so much quieter than that sound of that's so funny oh my god anyway wow i'm so glad you love that song because i i like just it's like watching a tv show like five years after everyone else was into it and then finding someone who's still into it oh yeah oh my god well thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah of course thank you so much for having me this was the yeah i i love it this rules awesome (laughs) (laughs) and thank you everybody for listening bye hey thanks for listening i've linked to katie kirby's music in the episode description you can find us on instagram at bad songwriter and on Twitter at bad underscore songwriter. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, and follow. All of these things help us out. If you are someone who is interested in being on the show, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. Have a good week. Bye.